Hi, I'm Terry Naturally. And I'm Dr. Lynn Wagner. And I have over 50 years of experience and knowledge in health and nutrition. And I'm a medical doctor with a passion for holistic health. We come together to offer you unique viewpoints and expertise as health advocates around topics that deal with today's health concerns. And always for your good health. So let's get into today's topic. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Dr. Lynn. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. How are uh, you? You look great. You look like it's a, you look very healthy, so it's really good. I had a very good night's sleep last night. Oh, good. Yep. So I heard we're going to talk about mental health today. Do you think we are in a good enough shape to do that? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <Mentally>. <laughs> so I feel like I'm in a really good place to talk about mental health. And I know you know I have a good, I have a lot of experience with mental health, both personally and with my patients. I'm very passionate about the topic. Um, I have a little bit of that too, a long time ago. And I also am very passionate about the fact that we as a society are highly over-medicated for mental health, right? Absolutely. Um, and so any chance I get to talk to someone about different ways that we can deal with mental health that don't just involve a prescription drug, I'm totally for it. Right. Um, and I think, you know, when it comes to mental health, I think of depression, I think of anxiety, I think of even things like mania or um, bipolar disorder. I think of things like schizophrenia or psychosis. So those are obviously the extremes. But there's a whole range of different mental health disorders that, that people suffer from. Or even personality disorders like narcissism and borderline personality disorder. So there's this whole category of mental health problems, right? And I think, you know, <laughs> uh, maybe I'm going on here on a limb, but I really think and I'm convinced there is something really involved with mental health patients as to the diet they're eating. 100% agree. It, it, um, you know, it's a sugar-laden diet, it's a carbohydrate diet, it's soft drinks, um, anything sugar. And sugar is such a poison to the body, mm -hmm. but also to the mind. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of this violent stuff that's going on is drugs and a diet that does not adequately feed and nourish the body. I agree, and, and nourish the brain. Right. And also there's a huge gut-brain connection. They say that 70% um, of your neurotransmitters are produced in your actual gut. So when you think about that food that you're eating and the diet that you're eating and what it's doing to your gut and your microbiome and then your neurotransmitters, it's really obvious and it's been scientifically proven that what we eat affects our gut and therefore affects, affects our brain and our mental right. health. I'm reading a good book right now called <laughs> Brain Energy. And a lot of it comes down to the diet uh, and the ketogenic diet. Like by going on a low-carb diet, doesn't have to be the keto diet because uh, sometimes it's a little bit more stringent for some people, right. restricted. Right. But getting rid of the carbohydrates, lowering the carbohydrates, getting rid of the sugar, the refined, the sugar. refined carbohydrates, refined sugar, has a huge impact on the brain function. Yeah. So I think um, <clears throat> one thing that I always, when I talk to my patients about mental health, the question I always ask them is, how severe is it? How much is it affecting your ability to actually function? Right. So. And this is the way I do things both in my clinical practice or the ER. And if a patient is to the point where they literally can't function or they're suicidal or they're like really in the deepest depths, they might need a prescription drug. So I always want to say that I'm never going to tell someone like go off your drug or you shouldn't take a drug for these mental health problems. But if you're not in that really, really bad space, then before you go take a drug, do everything you possibly can to improve your diet, improve your sleep, take the right supplements you know, check your stress level, all that stuff. And then if you still feel like you have this mental health problem at the end of the day, then maybe decide to take a medication for it. Right. Right? Right. 
Um, I think those who are just kind of, they know they're not at a good place. Uh, they know that they have anxiety. They know that their moods aren't what they want them to be or what they were at one time. That's the best time to start working with natural alternative medicines. I would agree. Um, and then when you get the really hardcore depressed patients, they need to see a physician. Right. They, they need. They may may need a drug. Right. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I've been very upfront with that. A, a drug is probably what got me through medical training. <laughs> well. You know. Yeah. So it was it was useful for me at the time, but had I had I also at that time been working on my nutrition and maybe taking the right supplements and you know doing other alter different things, I may not have had to take the drug at that time. But been there, done that. Yeah. Now I can look forward and do it a different way. Right. Um, what are your favorite compounds for specific mental health problems? So, because I know that that's your world. So if someone has a lot of anxiety, what is your favorite supplement or natural product to take for anxiety? Well, there is a very, there's some very good studies coming out of Budapest, Hungary. Two neuroscientists there have researched extensively uh, because they work in aggressive behavior. They work in depression, uh, all the mental illnesses. And they were looking for an alternative medicine uh, to develop it into a drug, drug classified. They could sell it as a drug, but it was not a drug synthetic compound. Um, and they came up, they actually, they scanned 300 different herbs and they found out that a very unique form of um, echinacea mm -hmm. uh, was <clears throat> able to reduce anxiety within three to seven days, very easily. In fact, for some people, you could say within an hour, uh, if you have occasional anxiety. Or if something comes up where you're going to have an anxiousness um, because of that event or occasion. Or like, like giving a speech. Hey, yep, giving a speech, flying. Flying. Yep, <laughs> driving in traffic. Uh, some people can't stand driving in traffic. They right. have panic attacks. Right, or over a bridge. I yep. have patients yep. who can't drive over yep. a bridge. Yep, <laughs> I know a lady <laughs> that just can't drive over a bridge. Yeah. And it's amazing. I know. You know? But that's true. It's, she has it's, a panic attack. I, maybe it's the same person. <laughs> <laughs> but even for myself, I don't. I'm. I'm not anxious, but I don't go near any height that where there's open space. Sure. I don't care if, if I fly on a plane. I'm. I'm encapsulated in a pod. Right. Right. But when I go to go to an edge of a ravine, or the Grand and, Canyon. Oh, look down. Oh no. Okay. Um, it, I'm not there. Um, but this one, it really makes a difference. You can take it an hour before you fly or two hours before you fly, take it an hour before speech, and it really, really takes the edge off anxiety. Well, and that's nice because I know a lot of people will take like Ativan or one of the benzodiazepines. Right. But those also make you feel really tired. So if you're traveling and you're flying and you don't necessarily want to feel tired, it'd probably be really nice to have a natural alternative for that. Right, and some of those, those drugs for anxiety, they did a study where they found out if the patient used it for 184 days. Mm -hmm consecutively or whenever, but at least when it got to the point of 184 days of drug therapy, it caused enough brain cell damage right. that they were 90% assured of being or having Alzheimer's oh disease. Oh my gosh, that's, I know, that's just insane. It destroys. I, I know, mean, right. Drugs just have so much damage. They have so much damage. And I think the other thing, just specifically for anxiety, I think people really need to like just do an overhaul on their nervous system. Like look at how much time you're spending in that sympathetic fight or flight mode. How mm. much time do you allow yourself to be resting, meditating, praying, journaling, right. downtime? Is there a good enough balance between there? Because a lot of times in my patients, I see people who are highly anxious, either A, have had a lot of trauma that makes them 
always feel like in a fear place right. because they had so much trauma or B, they're just overdoing it so much and so often that they never allow themselves downtime. And so they're just very reactive and very just like their nervous system is just on fire, like that that cat on a right. tin roof thing. Um, and so natural therapies can help bring you down better than I would say, better option than a drug, but also just like being very self-respect, uh, looking at what you're doing and maybe trying to change the pattern that's actually causing the anxiety in the first place. Right. Now there's Echinacea that was developed by the Hungarian um, biochemist mm -hmm. or the neuro neuroscientist. Um, you know, a lot of people say, well, I know Echinacea. You know, I take it for a cold and flu. For immune system, yeah. Right. Every time I see that product, I'm like, I always think immune system. Yeah, well, Echinacea is for the immune system. Right. Because all plants have hundreds, if not thousands of molecules, all directed at different pathways mm -hmm. in the body. So when you take it for a cold and flu, you're probably taking 200 to 400 milligrams two or three times a day. But that's based on the polysaccharides of the echinacea. But when they found out that there was some very unique compounds in echinacea called alkamides, mm -hmm. and the alkamides affect the uh, cannabinoids in the brain, so it reduces the excitability of the brain. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's different than what you would use for cold and flu. Okay. So, and then you'd use only 20 or 40 milligrams once or twice a day. Right. So it's a very small dosage, and, and but it, it really takes the edge off, and even animals can use it. They had tested some dogs, and you know, dogs are excitable. Right, um, the, they sometimes are. Some dogs, some breeds are very, very excitable. Right. Uh, and they were able to calm the dogs down by using this very special form called EP107. It was a form that they developed in Hungary. Um, and then, Depression, I feel, is obviously a different type of mental illness, but a lot of people have both anxiety and depression together. Oh, yes. Um, but for depression, again, like I said, in, if you're not functioning, you can't get out of bed, you can't go to work, you can't take care of your kids, you might need to see a doctor and be put on a drug. But if you're not to that point yet, do everything in your power to try to work on that depression without taking a drug. Because, right. in, and this is personal experience, like, you know, I took a drug for depression, and what happens is it works for a while, but if you don't fix the underlying thing that's causing your, your depression, it's gonna come back again, it's gonna be worse, and then you're gonna need a second drug, or you're gonna need a higher dose, and you're, you still have this underlying root cause. I think we were led to believe by the pharmaceutical companies and the medical system for years that depression was a genetic problem, that you had a brain problem, you had a deficiency in your neurotransmitters, and that is total bull. Right, I agree 100%. Total bull, it, it is literally, when you have depression, your body and your mind are depressed, usually because of external factors, like your diet, like old traumas you haven't dealt with, or relationships that are toxic, or lack of exercise, lack of sunlight exposure, lack of sleep, period. Right, Like right. If we literally just focus on that with all of our depressed patients, we would eradicate the majority of our cases. Right. So it's, it's you know, we have people, I mean, if I look at my, my people I know, the number of people who take an antidepressant every day, it's really high, really high. Yeah. You know, years ago when I was in my 20s, I had, my diet was horrible. Yeah. Um, so I, I weighed, I was way overweight. I'm five foot seven. I, I was close to 250 pounds at one time. Terry um, Lemon Round? Pardon? Terry Lemon Round? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly, that's what they called me then. I know. Um, so I, I had depression, I had anxiety, yeah. I, I had fears, right. I worried about everything. Um, and it's all diet, because yes. my diet was just nothing but garbage, nothing but carbohydrates, right. nothing but sugar. Um, so your and, brain was inflamed. Exactly, it inflamed, and right. sugar causes inflammation, and, 
inflamed, and then your brain isn't functioning, and you've got all these things that are going on there. And it's crazy. I can't understand all the things that are going on in my brain, but I knew what I felt like. Right. So over time, I my diet got changed over some miracles thing that happened to me, and uh, it went away. It's uh, interesting because even now I can tell, like, I'll have days where the diet's off or or we'll sometimes have fun dance parties and we'll you know, maybe have a little too much alcohol. And the next day I can feel my brain kind of tending towards that little bit of depression or a little bit of just like anxiety or fear. But I can step back and be like, oh, I know I, my circuits just aren't working today. Right. I'm just going to take a nap and eat healthy and I'll wake up the next day and be fine. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's really interesting. It's yeah, really, you can talk yourself out of it. You can. And, you, and we have so much control over how we feel. We just do. And, and we're so dependent on other people to do it for us. You know, everyone just walks around asking for their next pill and their next doctor treatment or whatever. When in reality, it's all, we have the reins in our own hands. So we just have to teach people how to do that. You know, there's a couple of good herbs that are very good for the brain. Oh, that, yes, tell me. For, and, uh, and, and I, I don't know why, but, you know, sometimes they think, they say um, the color of plants or the, the way the plant is shaped relates to the body chemistry. I believe in or that. Or relates to the organ or gland. Yep. Like uh, anything red, like um, uh, hawthorn berries, um, because they're red, good for the heart. Yep. Okay. In the brain, it's yellow and orange. So you got saffron. Right. Oh, saffron is wonderful. Curcumin. Yes. Both are very, very powerful for lifting someone out of depression. Right. Lifting the mood. Even if you, you may not be, be classified as depressed, mm -hmm. but you really, uh, you know, you have a very low mood. Yep. You just don't feel just great. Flat. People, you know, you, people turn you off. You, you want to be away from everybody. You just don't like life. But saffron and curcumin can lift you out of that depressed state. Not, not that you have depression, but you have a depressed state, mm -hmm. okay? We all go through a depressed state For once sure. in a while. Right. So that can lift you out really nice. And it only takes, you know, 30 milligrams of saffron and about 250 to 500 milligrams of, saffron, of uh, curcumin. And curcumin has been studied against Prozac. Uh-huh. Came out equally as effective. Yes. But it's better because there were no side effects. Right, right. And they were, they were less depressed for a longer period of time after they'd taken off the, the study. Those that were on the Prozac were back to be depressed as soon as they were taken off the drug. Right, right. Um, the other thing I feel like that has been studied really well against antidepressants like Prozac is exercise. So they've done head-to-head -head studies with an yep. exercise group with on placebo versus, or no, an exercise group versus people who take the Prozac. And I don't remember if they come out equally, but it's really, really close. Like just like getting daily exercise can be as effective as an antidepressant. Absolutely. Um, that, you know, that, what are the, why do people run so much? You know, it lifts them out of that. You know, <laughs> right. it, it's, it's the raising high. the serotonin, raising the dopamine. It's bringing, bringing them out of that that bad uh, uh, feeling of being depressed. Right. So they keep running. Right. No, I, yeah. I work out every day and I always tell people it's my daily Prozac that I take. Oh, absolutely. And I'm, it's because it just makes me feel so good. It's like a neurotransmitter energy boost. It, with food and exercise, I, I hate to say which one is more effective, but they're both very, very effective for a healthy lifestyle. I agree. I don't think you can do one and not the other. I think to get the maximum benefit. You know, a lot of people will try to run away from their fork where I, I know a lot of people and I've done this yeah. in the past, especially when I was training and I was you know, like trying to outrun their diet, you try to outrun your <laughs> diet. Like I would run six, seven, eight miles a day easily. Yeah. Um, and I need what you want. 
Yes. Yeah. And I would always say, I get to eat what I want now. But, and, and I definitely, looking back, was not in my optimum shape at that point in time. Yeah. In, as a holistic, from a holistic perspective. Um, and similarly, I think people who just eat really, really healthy, but they're very sedentary, I think they're missing out on at least 50% of the benefits oh, yeah. of what they Absolutely. could be getting. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I, I agree, it goes hand in hand. So I think anyone who has any whiff of mental health disorder, you know, before you start taking the drugs, unless you really, really need them, just put all of your energy into literally diet and exercise and sleep. Right. So I would say sleep health is fairly important too. Yeah, there's probably six or seven really good health principles that yeah, all right. should be used. Right, right. But I would like sleep is probably pretty important too because they've, they've done tons of studies on when you deplete people of different stages of sleep um, or decrease the number of hours that they're getting, you can actually send people into a state of psychosis. Yeah. Um, and, and it's interesting because some of the drugs we actually use to treat mental health actually affect your stages of sleep. So right. you're, you're in some way harming people as well. Right. Because they're not getting that normal healthy sleep rhythm that they're supposed to be getting. I get my eight to nine hours of sleep every night. I'm working on it. And when I don't <laughs> get that, oh, I, it just. Eight to nine hours, that's pretty good. Yeah. I'm working on seven to eight. Yeah. Seven and well, a half that, is like the sweet good. spot. That's really good for me. Yes. Yeah, that works for me. But I, I, I go to bed early and I get up really early. Yes, yes. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, and then the last thing I would say mental health wise, uh, I guess two, a couple more things. So. I would say that even melatonin is probably good for mental health. Oh, absolutely. Because that absolutely. assists in the sleep cycle, yes, sleeping. Yes. And then how do you feel about the adaptogenic herbs like ashwagandha? Ashwagandha and red ginseng. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, yes. Both are very good for mental health. And then there's good studies on both of them that show that it improves mental health and sleep. So if you had a person who said, you know, Terry, I feel a little flat. Um, what are the four to five products, not products, but ingredients I should look for to boost my mental health? What would you tell them? Well, if we go to the uh, Echinacea, mm -hmm. it'd be EP107. Okay. So look for that one because that's the one that's verified scientifically by the neuroscientists in Budapest. Okay. Um, okay. Saffron uh, and curcumin, and I would look for the curcumin BCM95. That's where the studies were on for depression. Uh, red ginseng, uh, improved mental function, uh, um, so you have better, better uh, learning skills, uh, you have a better concentration, better focus, better clarity of mind, um, also gives you energy, and also improves sleep. Now that's kind of funny. How can I improve energy, energy and, and go to sleep? <clears throat> but it, it's an adaptation, so you adapt to where it is most required. Right. And then ashwagandha, ashwagandha EP35 was the one that was studied for sleep, for energy, for libido. I mean, they cover the whole gamut of being well. Right. Increasing your resistance, your ability to withstand stress, uh, have more energy, sleep better. It, it, it's kind of like a tonic to the body. Mm, that sounds like a great cocktail. And then I would also add, and you already know this, I know, but um, making sure your vitamin D levels are optimized. Oh, absolutely. And, B, and your B vitamins. Yep. Those yeah. are some like no-brainer ones that would be just like the baseline and then you add the others on top. I would and I'm say. glad you mentioned melatonin because most people have a soul associated with sleep. Right. Because, well, that's the time you go to bed is at, at, through the circadian rhythm. Right. So you go to bed at night. So that's the time they associate melatonin. But from the research on it now, after 40 years of research at the University of Texas in San Antonio, mm -hmm. uh, everybody should use it every day. And even if you want to use it for any condition like immune system, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, breast cancer, prostate cancer, use it during the day. 
And people say, well, no, it puts you to sleep. Right. No, it does not put you to sleep. It heals your body. That I've not heard of as much. I've, I've heard you say that, but that's obviously not put out there as often because everyone thinks about it for sleep. Oh, I think melatonin is really yeah. powerful. Um, well, I think that's, I think that covered a lot of good stuff. Well, I'm not depressed now. <laughs> I'm not depressed either. <laughs> so hopefully that helped everyone out who's, who's experiencing any kind of mental health disorder. Um, you know, always, I, I always like to say, if you're in a bad spot, you just get help, like talk to someone about it. Um, and also if you're on medication, it's okay. And if you need medication, it's okay, but it's also okay to want to maybe get off of them or do everything in your ability to not have to take a prescription drug if you can. And everything I've seen in the research is that you can take these, uh, whether it's echinacea or, or saffron or curcumin or the combination or melatonin, uh, while you're taking drugs. 100% agree, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Absolutely. I've never seen a contraindication there either, so. Yeah. Good. Awesome, well, great to great see you. Great show, thank you very much, I like, I like it. We'll see you soon. Yeah, see you soon. <laughs>